Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, hello. Belly up to the bar. Let's talk NFC South draft classes. Uh, tomorrow will be Twitter Thursday, and then we'll com- conclude our draft review series on Friday with the NFC West. So, without any further ado, oh, I'm Matt Williamson. This is a Locked On NFL podcast. I'm at Williamson NFL. Spread the word. If you want to get more about these teams, chances are we have a show for you. Locked on Falcons, Locked on Panthers. You get the idea. But let's talk Falcons here. And a lot of people praising what they did. And I get that. I, I, I don't have a whole lot of issues with what they did. It's obvious to me that the number one priority of this defense is speed. It is athletic ability, flat out speed in a dome, covering a ton of ground against an off, you know, you have an offense that's going to consistently score a lot of points. The best offense in the league last year. Can't see much reason for it to get worse. Shanahan left, and that is a a big deal, obviously. Uh, But this offense should still be really strong. So, therefore, to keep up with the Colts, or Colts, this revealed something there, but to keep up with the Falcons, you need to throw a lot, so we need to come after you, and we need to cover a lot of ground and play the pass, and it's a Seahawks-based defense and scheme, but boy, do they they covet speed. And in a way, it reminds me of the Peyton Manning-led Colts in that we're in a dome, we're going to score a ton of points, and if we have Freeney and Mathis, that's going to be a problem for you when you throw consistently to keep up with the Sheriff. So... I think there's some similar thoughts here in Atlanta, and it works, obviously. I mean, they probably should have won the Super Bowl last year. You know, I mean, I think whenever we do power rankings next week, they're going to be very high on my list. I I didn't see distinct needs coming into this draft. I I thought getting a starting guard was something that they had to do. Uh, We all knew they would add some sort of edge presence. But other than that, I mean, there wasn't a lot that they really needed, and they basically accomplished that. You know, uh, I like Sean Harlow, what I know of him, quite a bit. But I didn't think waiting until the fourth round was, you know, uh, the best way to address that guard situation. I would have la- waited at, you know, at the latest, you know, my second pick and, and just got a plug-and-play type of guy. Um, but, you know, you trade up for McKinley in the first round. You lose a pick in the process, and that was part of the problem, I would imagine. Obviously, they love McKinley, and I get that, you know, I mean, but with the other pass rushers that were there, was he that much better? Did you need to trade up for him compared to the other ones that were on the board at the time? Okay, I mean, he is very fast, particularly in a straight line. Um, As you could see when he was introduced, I mean, he is a passionate young man, and he plays that way. Maybe I'm kind of on the island, but his little spiel and... uh, rub me a little wrong, but that doesn't detract from the player or what the Falcons are getting. I think he'll be a good compliment to Vic Beasley. This is a defensive line rotation 
that plays a lot of guys, you know, that no one just dominates the snaps. They also added Don Terry Poe, which was an element they didn't have before. So that defensive line looks like a real strength now with a lot of different things they can throw at you. They have all shapes and sizes from big Poe to small McKinley and basically every shape and size in between. Um, Duke Riley obviously fits what they're after. I mean, he's very much like his former teammate in current teammate, Deion Jones, both from LSU, second level run and hit guys. That just would have been where I targeted the offensive lineman. But again, I got no problem with the player. He fits what they're doing. Um, Of course, all kinds of special teams uh, contributions from him, I would think as well. I mentioned Harlow. I like that pick. I mean, I think he'll be a quality player for them for a while. Uh, Casey in the fifth round will probably compete for nickel duties, not overwhelming physically. Um, Brian Hill, I think, will be your third running back. Some insurance. Uh, you know, a pretty not real exciting draft. I mean, all in all, but I mean, a pretty cut and dry kind of draft, to be honest with you. And then Saubert, the, the tight end from Drake, is a project. And they have room on their roster for him, too. So, on the surface, you would think that these six guys make the team, you know, probably not a lot of contribution right off the bat. But this team doesn't need that. Again, I would still, if I were them and a quality guard popped up in free agency, I might scoop that guy up, too. So, uh, the Falcons are in real good shape. I mean, obviously, they're that, that roster has been built very, very well. They have a great offense. They have a young, fast defense. Um, as you'll see, though, tough division. I mean, this division is very interesting to me right now. Um, and we will get into these other three teams here in a moment. A very interesting draft here, Carolina Panthers. At 8, they take McCaffrey. At 40, they take Samuel. So, here's my thoughts, is I think McCaffrey, this second, becomes their slot wide receiver. You know, that first off, let's even get a bigger picture. This was an offense that was really lacking quick twitch athleticism, burner, speed, quickness. All their guys are big plotters, especially with Ginn out of town, and he was a straight-line guy anyways, not a shifty player. Samuel McCaffrey are far shiftier. People seem to be lumping Samuel and McCaffrey together, and I think that's unfair. I'm going to start with Samuel. I think at a minimum, he's your gin. You know, that he's your outside-the-numbers, go-real-fast guy. But I also think that they're going to use him maybe out of the backfield, um, get the ball in his hands in a much more variety of a way than they did with Teddy, maybe some slot duties certainly as a returner. And in a way, I don't love that they kind of... They're not the same player, but the roles are going to be similar between McCaffrey and Samuel. But if you think of it this way, if Stewart's not in the game, McCaffrey's your tailback, you still have your big, goofy receivers on the outside, and Samuel's your slot with Olsen. You know, then you got Benjamin, Funchess, Olsen, McCaffrey, Samuel on the field together. That's something that they certainly just didn't have even close to be the capabilities of doing it last year. But I think what you're going to see a lot, and remember, they just put money into Jonathan Stewart. So everyone's kind of talking about him like he's, you know, he's in the grave. I don't think that's fair. I, I think he's a, a valuable part of that team still. 
Um, I think there will be a lot of times when you see McCaffrey and Stewart on the field together um, with that same personnel grouping. I mean, 11 personnel, but instead it would be Stewart in the backfield, Olsen as your tight end, your two big goofy receivers, and McCaffrey as a pure slot wide receiver. Um, So, in a way... They need to kind of change what they're going to do. And I think that, you know, a huge key, like we've talked about, is keeping Newton healthy. So maybe some dump-off options to Samuel or quicker throws to him or Sam, you know, or McCaffrey and Samuel. Um, Different personnel groupings for sure. But I guess my point is, I don't think McCaffrey is Stewart's heir. You know what I mean? I think next year they might draft a 240-pound back because I don't think they want that facet of their offense to go away. I think they still have faith in Stewart to do it. But in the meantime, Samuel touches a ball five, six, seven times a game. McCaffrey touches a ball 12, 13, 14 times a game. And in a way, Stewart's still your foundation back. But now you just have so many more elements that you can throw at, at the opposing defenses. So... I like it if they use it the way I'm talking. If, if they look at McCaffrey and say, he's going to be Stewart's replacement, we're going to do the exact same thing with him as we did with Jonathan, then I, I have a problem with that. Or if they look at Samuel and say, okay, he's our new, McCaffrey's our new Stewart and Samuel's our new Ginn and we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. I don't love that. Um, although this offense did very, very good things two years ago when they went to the Super Bowl. But you know, a lot of it was on Newton's back. So I thought they got a steal with the 64th pick overall and Taylor Moton. Um, I think he's a plug-and-play right tackle for them. Could be a guard, but tackle's a bigger need. Um, Khalil on the left, Moton on the right. You know, I, I think they got a gift there because I thought offensive line was where they should have went with their second pick instead of you know the, the luxury item in Samuel. So I think it worked out well that they got Moton. I don't know if he's a plug-and-play, but I think eventually he will be the starting right tackle. Uh, another pick I loved was a fifth-rounder, Corn Elder. Uh, he's kind of going to be like the new you know, Ca- Captain Munnerlin 2.0, I would think. Really feisty, aggressive guy, slot corner, undersized. Fits the scheme very, very well. I think Hall, the third rounder, was maybe overdrafted. I think that's a little early for me. But he's a a pure 4-3 defensive end. They're a pure 4-3 team. Um, I think he benefited a bit with Miles Garrett on the other side of him, obviously. But there's ability there. So it it makes sense for this team. I don't have a huge uh, problem with that. And, you know, when in doubt, go D-line. And they took a kicker, uh, Harrison Buckner. Uh, Buckner. Butker, Butker, um, and that was a need too. So uh, hopefully they get the kicker situation, you know, worked out. All in all, a good draft, but a very interesting draft. As was the Saints. Like I think, when if you look at the Saints and their seven picks in a vacuum, and you say, "Let's grade the Saints," well, they, you know, they had three picks in the top forty-two. Um, I think it's easy to give them an A, but you have to realize that. Not only did these seven picks come at the cost of, you know, the draft picks that they're awarded every year, like every team, but it also cost them Brandon Cooks and next year's second round pick. That's a lot. (laughs) You know, I mean, so, you know, you don't have next year's second and you don't have Brandon Cooks, but you have Latimer, Ramchek, Williams, Kamara, Anzalone, Hendrickson, and Muhammad. You know, so it's, it's real 
you know, the, the analysts out there will tell you, boy, the Saints killed it. And I really like the players they brought in. We'll bring that, that up. But they gave up some stuff to do that. <laughs> you know, I mean, so. Anyways, Lattimore should never have lasted to 11. I'm sure they did back handsprings up to the podium to grab him. Makes perfect sense. He's going to be opposite Delvin Bro and hopefully surpasses him and makes Bro your number two. Great. You know, I mean, that, that was obviously a position of need. Uh, I'm sure they didn't think he would be there. They benefited from three receivers going off the board, you know, as early as they did. And what, the top nine? Um, Ramcheck is interesting because they... They value offensive line in the Breeze-Payton era at least as many as much as any team in the league. And mostly it's been interior guys. But they realize, I mean, the Breeze is a smaller dude and, you know, they stress having a very good offensive line and they consistently do. Zach Streif's coming to the end of his rope. He's had a quality career. Ramchek is certainly the heir apparent to him. Um, probably is not a starter from day one. But I would think, you know, you add a Warford, too, to that line, that you see a lot of six offensive line sets then with him, too, and some real power football with Adrian, you know, hand the ball to Adrian Peterson behind six offensive linemen with still the Drew Brees, Michael Thomas threats, you know, in the passing game. So I like that pick a lot. I mean, I wonder if they got caught off guard and, you know, would have taken Foster or somebody like that. But I don't think, you know, uh, taking the second offensive lineman off the board with the last pick in the first round, who's going to probably be a starter for you next year and could see a lot of snaps in the meantime, um, that's useful. You know, so uh, I don't think you can just kind of brush that one off. I mean, what they're thinking there I thought was pretty clear. Um, next up, Marcus Williams. Safety's not an immediate need, but I wonder if Vaccaro will be back. You know, I mean, so... That's interesting, and uh, I have no problem. I mean, Williams has a lot of ability to get at the 42nd pick. You know, fixing your defense in any way, shape, or form, if you're the Saints, sounds like a good idea. <laughs> you know, you've thrown a lot at this defense. Um, again, kind of like the Ramcheck situation, could we see a lot more big nickel? You know, they're not very good at linebacker. Does Vaccaro become your dime linebacker? And you can still play too high over the top with Marcus Williams and Von Bell. Or, you know, when these guys can play man coverage against a tight end. So, you know, an extra safety is not a problem either. I mean, we'll see a lot of three safety sets around the league. The most interesting pick to me probably is Alvin Kamara. And they trade up to get him. You know, that's where that second round pick for last year ended up is for Kamara. And here's my thoughts on him is I think they're smitten with him, basically. is He's a bigger version of what of a Reggie Bush, a better, a, a, a better way to put it is a better version of Pierre Thomas, a more talented version of Pierre Thomas, do it all guy. I bet he catches a lot of passes his rookie year. I mean, uh, the other two are not made, you know, big time receivers, and who knows even Ingram will be there. But I think in 2018, Kamara will clearly be the feature. Will will, will be the receiving champion of the Saints. Or what am I talking about here? I think he'll be the combined rushing-receiving leader of the Saints as early as 2018. That he'll get a lot of carries. Who long? Who knows how long Peterson and Ingram are in the mix. That this guy can do it all, and they will find ways to use him. Instant contributor. So in a way, I think they're looking at it like, we just wanted our second-round pick from next year. 
earlier, you know, because we'd be, we'd be thrilled to take this guy in the second round next year. Let's get an extra year out of the guy. Um, I get it. Anzalone uh, is a third rounder here too. If he stays healthy, I think he'll be a, a very uh, above average, average above average starting inside linebacker for the Saints, is which is something they absolutely need. He has size. He can run, play, run and pass. He runs well. Injuries are the big knock. So who knows? Um, another one of the picks I liked a lot, and I like this draft a ton. I'm not being critical of the Saints. I just you just need to recognize that the Cooks in the second round pick are part of what they paid for these guys. They waited a long time to address the edge pass rush, but their third third round pick. I mean, they had six picks on the first two days was Trey Hendrickson out of Florida Atlantic. And a lot of people don't know about him, but highly productive, um, undersized for a 4-3, but I would think that he will be an immediate pass rush specialist, something they absolutely need. Uh, He brings some speed off the edge. He's a good all-around football player. Like I said, highly, highly productive on a per-snap basis. Uh, A lot to like with this guy. I think he's going to be a hit for them. And so... They got a lot of quality, and there's no doubt about that. I mean, the Saints, to me, Saints can win the Super Bowl next year. I mean, I think the Saints are a very good team. Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. Another team that's getting a ton of buzz, rightfully so, are the T-Bay Bucks. You know, that I'm a huge Winston fan. We're hearing very good things about Doug Martin, at least in minicamp. I mean, let's let's cross our fingers. Um, but they didn't address running back until the fifth round. I think that's a, a real positive note for Martin, who's key for this team. And McNichols is kind of a Sims-type, do-it-all, master of none. Sims a better receiver than McNichols. But I, I think he just gives him a little bit of insurance, does everything pretty well, like I said, is not exceptional in any one area. But the rest of the offense, with the exception of the offensive line, you know, that they... They seem to like their offensive line more than I do. Let's just put it that way. Especially for as much deep throws as they're going to take and that kind of thing. But O.J. Howard was a gift at 19. You just grab him, put him up, with, you know, run that one to the podium, play a lot of 12 personnel with Martin, Brait, Howard, Deshaun Jackson, Mike Evans as your skill guys. That's a mouthful there. I mean, that that's a, that's a pretty good group, especially because Howard's already a very good blocker. So you can inline, you know, play him inline and why you can detach him. Gives you a lot of options. And he may not be super productive right off the bat, but that's a great pick and an easy one to make. Um, they needed a lot of help at safety. I thought that was probably their weakest position. They got Justin Evans, who is very talented. He can play real up and down. Uh, I could see him struggling his rookie year, but I think his ceiling is very high. Um, no qualms with that pick at all. I felt that 84 overall when they took Godwin was just kind of a luxury item here too. We don't need you, but you're pretty good, and we're probably probably had you as our 50 or 60th ranked player, and you're sitting there at 84. We'll grab you for insurance. Deshaun Jackson's not a young man. 
Although Godwin's not similar to Jackson or Evans, which is a good thing. You know, I mean, I think he'll, I don't even know if he'll be the number three for them. I think he could be a forgotten man in his rookie season, but that's fine. I mean, he is a talented prospect that, uh, welcome addition. I'm sure Winston doesn't mind having him around. Um, Another thing that was these last two to talk about, Beckwith in the third round, the end of the third round, and Stevie T in the seventh. And we don't talk about a lot of seventh rounders on here, but he's a pure, massive nose tackle, space eater from USC. And Beckwith is kind of the, not the LSU linebackers we were talking about for Atlanta. I mean, he's a between-the-tackles, thumper, old-school, run-down player um, that is something they've been kind of missing. And along with the signing of Chris Baker, it shows that the Bucks this offseason absolutely prioritized we need to get more physical bigger tougher against the run against the interior run you know we need to bulk up that triangle that you know the defensive tackle middle linebacker triangle and get some thumpers and that doesn't mean they have to play every down but we got to have those guys you know that was a weakness of ours last year we're not going to get pushed around at the line of scrimmage so they made a big effort to do that. You know, they made Winston's life a lot easier, and they, they accomplished that for sure. The defense played really well to end the season. I'm a big Winston believer. I wish they would have done more with the offensive line, but you can't have it all. So that's our recap uh, the NFC South. Spread the word. Uh, tell me what you think of these. I, I think we've gotten a lot of good feedback. It's been fun. Over and out. See ya. Progressive presents Mind Flowness with Flow. You are a mighty fortress of supreme knowledge. Progressive Direct has not only revealed their rates, but those of their competitors. If you were any more in the know, you would be drowning in, you know, the know. Compare Progressive Direct rates with competitors' rates, because knowledge is power. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy.